I and all past and current members of the ACSS team would like to acknowledge that this podcast is being recorded on the traditional lands of the Ngunnawal and Ngambri people and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. We also acknowledge the traditional custodians of each of our delegate hubs where many of our listeners will be based. You are listening to the podcast produced by the Australian Crisis Simulation Summit. We are a volunteer student-led organisation who create and run complex futuristic and alternative crisis simulations in a national effort to help create the next generation of national security experts and leaders. We hope you enjoy and learn from this podcast. This is a moment that requires leadership. China signing security pact and looking to establish a base. People think I don't like China. I love China. The Pacific region has listed climate change as its number one threat. And so Friends AUKUS is born. With a failure to invest in renewables. I want to thank uh, that fellow down under. I just have two more words to say. Obama out. Welcome everyone to the second episode of the ACSS's third podcast season. My name is Jacob Huth, my pronouns are he, him, and I'm the director for 2023. Today, I'm joined by my colleague, Shiva Shah. Thanks for coming on today, Shiva. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Uh, can you give us a self-introduction, please, Shiva? What are you doing at the moment? Where have you been to lead you where you are today and where you see yourself going in the future? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, the, I'm currently the um, chief crisis simulation officer specifically focusing on the technical elements of the simulation, so simulation design, as well as research methodology. As for what I'm doing at the moment, so I'm currently completing my master's in national security policy while working as a research officer at the University of the School of International Relations. As for where I see myself going in the future, I'm interested in inhabiting a practitioner academic sort of role, so policy research specifically with respect to um, crisis management resilience and looking at cross-institutional dialogues with the public sector, private sector, and civil society. Uh, I'm also interested in open source intelligence and its potential for enhancing uh, crisis resilience. Fantastic. Thank you, thank you for that, Shiva. Uh, as the podcast title may suggest, today's podcast is centered around uh, complex systems and what are the benefits of complex systems. And so I'll pose that question to you, Shiva. What are complex systems and what are the benefits of complex systems in relation to building crisis simulation narratives? Well, you can basically think of complex systems as a way of conceptualizing, um, especially in this context, dealing with the variables involved in social problems and looking at ways to break down barriers between the various disciplinary elements that, that they constitute, essentially. Um, by this, I mean, well, the way the real world works is extremely difficult to ha- uh, is, is extremely different to how we think about this in our heads. There's no clear distinction between the natural and social sciences, the various different streams of knowledge required to make policy when it comes to the way government, society, and business function in practice. Um, Complex systems theory essentially allows us to synthesize this information and look at intersections between these variables in in ways in which better represent how they interact in the real world. Um, Complexity element so to speak, or where it gets its name from, largely stems from its emphasis or focus on the exploration of the connections between different... Uh, these. In regards to the ACSS and the Christ simulations that we develop, so we have the domestic Christ simulation, we have the non-traditional and the regional, and the new fourth one this year that we are 
uh, creating is a mini preparatory simulation for the delegates to get a first-hand experience with both conductor and how to deal with such a high load, high pressure, um, very noisy information-wise, noisy information-wise environment, and how to deal with that with effective and collaborative decision-making. So in regards to that aspect of the simulations, how are you implementing this conceptual theory of complex systems into the des- into the design of these Christ simulations between now being April and when the delegates will get to interact with these Christ simulations in September? I'm going to answer this question in, in two parts. So firstly, the design philosophy is, and, and secondly, the actual implementation strategy itself. So with respect to the design philosophy, it's largely centered around two elements. So firstly, um, we're basically getting writers and researchers to think of crises less as a series of unfortunate events and more of a series of opportunities for things to go wrong. And and secondly, um, we're looking at decision-making less as a series of options with clearly designated consequences and more as uh, information puzzles where delegates are encouraged to consider multiple sources of information and find signals through the noise. By doing so, uh, we're trying to amp up the realism and with respect to how these things uh, operate in real life and build cognitive resilience to develop delegate skills for the workforce. Yes, yeah, so secondly, with respect to the implementation, so we're taking, um, so the way we're approaching that is we're taking a bottom up approach where we've encouraged writers and researchers to focus on developing sims around existing data on crises uh, on, on real and on real world events as a means of developing models of what the actual consequences of decision makers actions look like uh, within the real world specifically in terms of complexity uh, we're trying to introduce the concept of non-linearity which is essentially the idea that seemingly unrelated events may have surprisingly catastrophic con- uh, consequences for national security based on that how do you advise delegates cut through the noise whether that be from the SBC, so the Summit Broadcasting System, or whether that be from um, overload of information put through the social media, the simulated social media channels within Conductor, or any other any other things that the delegates will have to contend with, both within their teams, between the teams, and within Conductor. Based on all of that, how do you advise the delegates cut through that noise to make effective decisions? Two things. Um... Embrace the chaos. You will feel like you have no idea what's going on, and that is exactly by design. Do not assume anything until you uh, until you make sense of what's on screen, and apply and look beyond the boundaries of what you've been taught to make sense of what's going on. Use your imagination and remember that. No, no one individual, no one organization, and no one decision can save the world in a day. So that's the dominant strategy uh, to acing it this year. Something to consider for the group interviews that the delegates will face, and also something I witnessed as head of delegate experience last year, uh, which seen when the delegates were interacting with the Christ simulations as that assumptions are very dangerous and this led absolutely many delegates down a path that was completely they would it would lead them down a path whether they it could result in misinterpreting further stages misinterpreting briefs directives 
giving some pieces of information more importance than they deserved because yeah. from stage one, they would assume something and that would follow with them throughout the entire simulation. So making sure your actions are actually based on information that is either communicated to you through conductor, through the briefs directives of social media, through other team members when they get emails from other teams, through conductor, uh, or whatever other information provided, whether it be through SVC, Summit Broadcasting Corporation, or whether that be from the mentors, making sure you interact with the mentors thoroughly as well is very important to assume, to make sure that you do not assume particular things. And additionally, if you, I've, I've also seen delegates communicate with other delegate teams with wrong information based on wrong assumptions, and that has led them down a path that when they got to the final stage, when they had to uh, give a briefing to the mentor, the academic mentor. Uh, so last year, this was um, retired Admiral Chris Barry, uh, our patron. Uh, he was role-playing the prime minister for that year. They would go to him with completely wrong information <laughs> that he was able to <laughs> completely uh, completely dismiss because they had assumed the wrong thing, communicated the wrong thing, assigned importance to the wrong information. And so... Once again, assumptions, make sure if you're going to make assumptions, they have enough evidence behind them to be worthy of being an assumption. Yeah, this is the whole point of highlighting complexity this year. Um, you never know what's going to matter in situations like this. And um, well, I guess a, a fourth tip, look into the concept of dragonfly thinking or integrative, um, you know, or essentially integrative thinking here, uh, which is you have to see with many eyes. You, gotta, you have to look through multiple lenses, multiple perspectives, and challenge the seemingly mechanical nature of the, the traditional theories that we use to explain conflict. And, and that's, the, that's the idea behind the simulation design philosophy this year. Fantastic, fantastic. And you've mentioned to me before, Shiva, how there's a difference between, difference between vertical complexity and horizontal complexity. How is that a part of the design philosophy for this year and how will, once again, how will delegates best contend with that? I, I think you might actually be referring to vertical versus horizontal prioritization, mm. um, which is a central part of um, the design philosophy, the, 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 the design behind uh, the non-traditional simulation because you're going to have two convergent crises happening in different parts of the world, uh, which are going to, have devastating effects for Australia. You're going to have to figure out how to prioritize things in terms of time. So that's going to be your your vertical complexity and um, as, as well as what's more important, which is your and and where you want to and what you want to allocate resources to, which is horizontal priorities and vertical priorities. These decisions are going to be underpinned by a number of different moral, strategic, political, diplomatic, and economic considerations, um, which you're going to have to calculate depending on where you sit in um, your organization. And once again, I really emphasize thinking about these things from multiple different lenses all at once, because that's the only way you're going to be able to find the optimal solution here. Thanks for the correction, Shiva. Um, I think that's just further evidence as to why as a leader, uh, surrounding yourself with smarter people is so important. Uh, this once again pertains to how delegates should consider within their team environment um, 
that you want to be, you actually want to be in the room with smarter people and you want to listen to these smarter people, um, whether it be um, smarter in terms of a particular field, smarter in terms of a particular discipline, um, you know, whether if, if a simulation focuses on, let's say, something to do with a climate natural disaster uh, or climate wars, then you put um, climate wars with apostrophe marks um, as a conceptual <laughs> conceptual term within academic literature. Yep. literature. Um, it's important to lean on the people that actually have those expertise. So potentially if something's involving the, the UN law of the sea and you have a mentor, an academic there who has ex, has an expertise in, you know, on the UN law of the sea, then you want to lean on them and you lean on those expertise and lean on those people who are smarter in different areas. And so, and have more knowledge in those different areas to make the best decisions, decisions and not make ill-founded assumptions. Yep, definitely. Especially in the context of crises, there's nothing wrong with being wrong and you're going to want to fail fast. So you can learn from your mistakes, optimize for the best possible outcome across the organizations and domains that you're dealing with at the same time. And that's, that is definitely something you want to see here. You may have already mentioned the Shiva, but if there's anything else you can add on to this, why complex systems, why should we consider it um, as a way of both designing and how to uh, contend with these crisis simulations and crises in the real world? And how does this fit uh, furthering? How does this fit into the existing national security discourse? All right. Well, conflicts never exist in a vacuum at the end of the day. Um, you're never really going to have a cyber incident that doesn't have implications for convention, uh, escalation to conventional warfare or ecological, biological incidents, which don't lead to mass unrest and civil conflict that give opportunities to foreign agents to influence political discourse. This is how things work in the real world. We live and breathe in an ecosystem that constitutes a variety of different challenges that exist beyond the confines of how we think about them or conceive of them as individuals. Fantastic, fantastic. I love that. Uh, so you're speaking, correct me if I'm wrong, you're speaking about out of the box, contrarian thinking. Um, and as you mentioned to me before, almost like a hacker mentality. What are some methods and mental tools that delegates can use to, and remind others of also during the, the if they become a delegate uh, and during the crisis simulations to use to contend with these uh, issues that they'll come up against? Well, I'm just gonna go ahead and do a laundry list of everything that you guys might wanna look at. Long list. Long oh list. yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'm actually going to keep it a bit short this time, <laughs> um, as surprising as that is. But um, so here's five things you might want to uh, pay attention to. So um, you have the ASCOPE PEMESI framework. So that's A-S-C-O-P-E cross P-E-M-S-I-I framework, which is a good way of organizing the variables that you deal with in the context of a conflict. Um you also want to look into the Kinefin framework. So that's C-Y-N-E-F-I-N, uh, which is a tool to organize the decision-making parameters and points of view or and, and variables you might want to consider when dealing with complex and chaotic systems. 
if, if you want to get academic, um, a good place to start would be System Effects by Robert Jervis. It's a it's a massive book, but um, the introduction does a pretty good job of getting getting things out the way. I'd also recommend you check out the work of the ANU School of Cybernetics. Um, they're probably one of the most innovative and leading um, institutions in the study of complex systems and specifically their relationship with cyber-physical systems and ecology, which is, which goes without saying that they underpin some of the greatest challenges in national security today. It's also worth checking out the Complexity podcast by the Santa Fe Institute because it's a great resource to get your head around uh, the current state of um, complex systems um, research. Today. Fantastic, fantastic. And I'll make sure for what I can link, I'll put that in, link those in the show notes uh, for the listeners to access. Yeah, that'd be great. When they can. Yeah, yeah. Um, quite a lovely list there. Um, as someone who's also had that list from Sharon <laughs> before, I've spent a couple of nights looking at that stuff myself, so it does take a while to get your head around. But oh, yeah. if you're considering being a delegate this year, it's very, be very, very beneficial. Or even a crisis rider or involving yourself in any form of capacity, any capacity in the ACSS, either now or into the future. Um, or just great, great something, something great to get your head around now uh, for general life. Um, still on the theme of advice to delegates, do you have any general advice for how delegates can get the, delegates can get the most out of the simulations for this year? I'd like you to take this as an opportunity to learn about what you need to learn about where you want to see yourself in the future. Uh, to begin to empathize with the people making these decisions today and to get into their heads and to develop the mindset needed to tackle these problems as future members of the national or global security workforce. Yes. Fantastic. That is very concise and very true. Very, very concise and very true. Uh, do you have any must-reads? This can be anything from fictional books to a website or even the press release. I assume this is going to be a long list too. <laughs> we welcome Oh, boy. Um, I'd highly recommend checking out this report by uh, Rand called uh, Competing for the System, the Essence of Emerging Strategic Rivalries, um, which basically looks at uh, Sino-American um, strategic competition um, from the point of view uh, of, from a systemic lens um, uh, rather than a, 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 a this, um, from a systemic lens and its implications for defense policy today. I'd also recommend checking out um, The Dawn of Everything um, by David Graeber and David Wengro, um, which uh, looks into the, anthrop- the socio-anthropological roots of inequality and the way uh, institutions have evolved to confront it, um, uh, to, 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 to confront it. So what attitudes, characteristics, uh, and skills will you be looking for in both the uh, written delegate applications and also the delegate group interviews and also for aspiring crisis writers? But the things that I really value when it comes to the people I work with are curiosity, the ability to look beyond the ability to interrogate your own perspective and conditioning and 
a high degree of self-motivation. I'm a big fan of the, the skunk works mindset, which is to challenge the way we do things traditionally in critical organizations from the inside out, to work with people, to, to, to find ways to work with people, uh, but, but to still be respectful of the, uh, the traditional ways of doing things. We got to find ways of bringing new ideas to the table and fitting them in to the limitations of existing systems. No, awesome. Thank you, Shiva. And one last fun question. What is the ACSS to you? It's honestly a great sandbox for me to try out new ideas and uh, work with like-minded people who are interested in what I'm interested in. That's, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's pretty much why we're all here as well. Oh yeah, um, definitely. To test out, you know, what, what, what we have in us, uh, what we can learn and work with like-minded people. That's pretty much, pretty much the ACSS in a nutshell. Um, and just to finish this off, uh, just a quick disclaimer in terms of uh, this is uh, on behalf of both myself and Shiva about the about the academic concepts discussed here today. It's very much, as many of the listeners will know, if you have an academic background, there's lots of contestation and discourse within different theories and conceptualizations uh, within academic literature. So it's always important to do uh, your own research and accept that there are differing views and yeah, neither, none of us, neither of us official experts in this field, but definitely both interested. I can say Shiva is a lot more educated on this. Um, but once again, do your own research and accept and be mindful of differing views. All opinions here are our own and not necessarily shared by the National Security College or the wider ANU. Uh, or anyone else in the ACSS. These are very much personal views and or personal thoughts and do not reflect the ACSS as uh, an organization. But nonetheless, thank you so much for your time today, Shiva. Do you have any last words, any last words of advice, anything else you want to say? Thank you very much for having me on board and I think that's all I got to say. Fantastic.